Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 14. Today's episode begins a new and very short series, Voyages of the Starship Raptor, set in a campy Star Trek-esque universe. It is played using John Harper's Lasers and Feelings, aided by the mythic GM emulator. This combination enabled me to run a quick, fun game with no preparation. Although we had a great time, we didn't play exactly right, so make sure you look over the rules more carefully than I did before you try out Lasers and Feelings. The players are many of my old gaming companions from the early aughts, so you will hear quite a few voices new to the podcast here. Matt. Been far too long. It's been two years, right? Jer. Yes, I remember we played Everyone is Han. Jason. Uh, and I missed the one last job, I think. Mike. Yes, one last mm. job. It was good to be back around the table together again, even if it was just virtually. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. So lasers and feelings, super light rules-wise. You have one stat. You are either a lasers-oriented person or a feelings-oriented person. And the number that you choose is essentially your where you fall on that spectrum. I sent you guys all the one-page rule sheet. So we're going to do character creation kind of all together so you guys can balance your party. The style of character is alien, android, dangerous, hotshot, intrepid, savvy, or sexy. If one of those adjectives speaks to you, go ahead and choose it for your character. Okay, before we do that, yeah, uh, I would like to know what the tone of this game is going to be. Are we taking this seriously? or is this... <laughs> so... The tone of this game is, is more Galaxy Quest than Picard. That's what I was going to ask. Are we talking about Orville or TNG? <laughs> It's an excellent calibration scale right there. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for campy. Okay, all right. And, you know, if something turns out to be made of foam in the scenery behind you guys <laughs> right. at some point. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Android. Uh, unless somebody else is dying to have Intrepid, I'll take Intrepid. Alien. He said as though that were the only possible response. <laughs> what are you in the mood for, Mike? All right, I'm trying to think and balance here. Um, <laughs> Don't try too hard. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. If we all decide that we want to stick Garrett with something, we do that now. And we just we just pick everything but yes, and stick true. him with the funny one. <laughs> we stick him with sexy. Uh, I'll go with dangerous. Space whore. And we'll leave that open. <laughs> okay, and now the roles for the characters... Doctor, Envoy, Engineer, Explorer, Pilot, Scientist, Soldier. I want to be the Android Doctor. <laughs> I would like to be the Dangerous Scientist. So you're Doctor Horrible? or I mean, I mean Doctor Horrible was not really a Dangerous Scientist. That's true. <laughs> inspired to be one, and yet... Guy is Baltar. I mean... Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I, like can I be the era. alien envoy? Alien envoy, oh. Uh, perhaps a representative of your people? Yeah. Oh, what a ripoff. 
He's not half alien. He's fully alien. Actually, I'm going to be from the most backwater planet I can find. <laughs> but he thinks it's the most technologically advanced. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, super arrogant, yet super ignorant. That's a little on the nose. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Maybe Something. I'll play it straight to to give a, a lighter gloss to our dystopian hellscape. <laughs> Jared, did you choose a job yet? I don't know. I'll be the intrepid explorer. Okay. A standard trope. Now you're going to choose a number. A high number means you're better at technology. Higher numbers are laser-ish. Lower numbers are feelings-ish. And your number needs to be from two to five. So if you want to be a very emotional person, Choose a two. If you want to be coldly rational, choose a five. Hmm. I'll take a two. The intrepid explorer knows no fear and thinks not at all. Given to wild, passionate action. I want to go to there. <laughs> <laughs> go um, all the places. I, I kind of wonder if I want to play against type or with it. Super emotional <laughs> android. You got that chip and now you're overboard. Great. So long and thanks for all the fish, right? Yes, yes, a little, a little Marvin. Or, or like, what was the droid's name in Futurama? Bender. He like Bender. Bender. Yeah. Oh, he's like super id, <laughs> like yeah, you know, yeah he's robot id. id. Or, or Jason, you were an experiment in emotive technology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to Cylons again here. Not wrong. I'm gonna be a three because I don't know who this guy's gonna be yet. All right. Or this it, it's gonna be. Ooh, it. Yes, I'm gonna be a day. Yeah, what is the preferred pronoun of your alien envoy? I don't know yet. Mm. What about you, dangerous scientist? Are you rational or are you uh, emotional? As a, as a scientist. As, as, as a scientist, uh, I'm, I'm going to skirt right on the line here, and, and I'll go with a four. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the near, nearly sadistic five. Ah, <laughs> no bedside manner. No empathy whatsoever. <laughs> okay. So less data and more... Um, HK-47 from KOTOR. <laughs> you are all meatbags. <laughs> Maybe like the holographic doctor in Voyager at the beginning. Before he got any kind of humanity. I mean, he, he eventually became more feeling. Yeah, I mean, even more so. It's turned up to 11. Well, it's only turned up to 5. The processors only could handle so much code, and they're like, all right, so <laughs> medical knowledge, caring about what he's doing. Eh, this should suffice. You know, the hard drive was only so big. Uh, okay, so just so I can recap on the numbers, I know that I, I chose a two, Jason chose a five. Matt, what number did you choose for your character? Three. Three, and Mike, you took a four, right? Four, yep. All right. Okay, so when you're going to try something, you're going to roll dice. If you're a lasery person, you want to roll under your number. If you're a feelingsy person, you want to roll above your number. So... Jason and Mike, you are lasery. Jer and Matt, you are feelingsy. If you roll exactly your number, then there's laser feelings, uh, where you get to ask uh, the GM a question and the GM must answer it. And then you get to roll again and maybe change what you wanted to do. I propose Jen has to say it like that every time it happens. With the Kermit arms as well? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally. Okay. Now uh, you guys all need cool space adventure names. My name is Brendan Fraser. <laughs> all right who is on the crew with brendan fraser um are you just a series of letters and numbers jason yes but it's going to accidentally spell out something vktr 
three v one hell. Um, <laughs> three vol. What's that? Uh, I mean, let's see if I can. Someone, quick, go to the Star Wars name generator. Nah, I don't need that. I'm going to be Larry Gelbart. Larry Gelbart. Yep. Delta. I'm just going to go with a Greek letter, Delta. Your name is Delta. Sure. All right, Del. Okay, Moen. Wow. <laughs> American signature. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, dangerous scientist. Uh, do you have letters after your name? Um. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes. A, a, a QD. Questionable doctor. Wow. Do you have a first name to go with it? El Elvis Skullcrusher QD. Elvis Skullcrusher. Wow. <laughs> Did your mother not like you or something? What? She what had inspiration. Like he was in a black metal band <laughs> in med school and it just stuck. <laughs> stage name just stuck. It legally changed everything. Oh, All right. Your equipment is your uniform, which includes vacuum seal with necessary. Your super sweet space phone camera communicator scanner thing with universal translator and a variable beam phase pistol, which is usually set to stun. Now you must each choose a goal. Here are some example goals. Become captain. Meet sexy aliens. Shoot bad guys. Find new worlds. Solve weird space mysteries. Prove yourself. Keep being awesome. Or some other goal that you might think of. Maybe, you know, find a heart or a brain or get home. And do we have to share this? It will help the GM. <laughs> That's not what we're about, Jen. <laughs> so Dr. Skullcrusher would like to have a famous medical procedure named after him. Or disease. I mean, or disease. Well, well I mean, I'd take disease. Okay. Larry really wants to prove himself. Okay. I think Brendan Fraser wants to solve weird space mysteries. Delta wants to find someone as smart as he is. So that you can care about someone? Yes. <laughs> dissect their brain. <laughs> <laughs> or kill him so that he's the smartest in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, brain right, transplant well, hasn't been done, but hey. <laughs> All right. The game's default ship name is the Raptor, but if you guys want to choose a cool name yourself for your ship, that's fine. How about Raptor? <laughs> Raptor's good. All right. The default captain's name is Darcy. Are you guys uh, fine with that, or do you want a different name? That's fine. Oh, uh, Mr. Darcy. Oh, you call him Mr. Darcy behind his back instead of Captain Darcy? <laughs> wow. We sure do. That's harsh. Okay. Let's determine a few things about the Raptor. The Raptor has two strengths. So here are some options. It can be fast or nimble or well-armed, powerful shields, superior sensors, a cloaking device, a fighter craft. Any of those appeal to you guys? Well, in order to solve weird space mysteries in places where, you know, one must be bold, I'd say we have great sensors. Okay. Mm. I mean, I don't know how we're going to solve any mysteries without good sensors. I'm just saying. No, that's true. We're a bunch of nerds. So I'd say well-armed would be a good one to have. <laughs> That's a really good point, yes. I just, We're I don't see any, so, like, Jair's character is the closest we got to a soldier. <laughs> right? It's just someone on a fatal flaw, like being scared of guns or something. I mean, it is a scouting ship. It's, it's not a warship. Unfortunately, your ship also has a flaw. So, for example, Fuel Hog, it always needs more energy crystals. 
Uh, it only has one medical pod, and the captain is in it. It has horrible circuit breakers, so that consoles tend to explode. Or it has a grim reputation, because Captain Darcy did bad stuff. Perhaps that is the weird space mystery. If we only have one medical pod, that means the doctor is forced to work on everyone. There is no medical <laughs> pod. I am the sociopathic robots, your only choice. Just lay down on that console, it'll all be fine. Right. Um, why, is my, why is my nav console sticky again? It's Larry. <laughs> so do you want the one the one medical pod? Uh, it's, it's up to you guys. I, that was just... I'm sorry. I, I excrete when I'm nervous. No. <laughs> Maybe grim reputation would be good. That's a nice general one that, that, that could affect everyone badly. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. And, and I like the conceit of us being relatively clueless about what the heck the grim reputation is. Like, why do we keep showing up and people are pissed off? <laughs> why does nobody like us? All right. You are the crew of the interstellar scout ship Raptor. Your mission is to explore uncharted regions of space, deal with aliens both friendly and deadly, and defend the consortium worlds against space dangers. Captain Darcy has been overcome by the strange psychic entity of your previous encounter, leaving you to fend for yourselves while he recovers in a medical pod. Now, I am going to ask each of you to roll a d6 to build our space adventure. Uh, all right, Jason has a two. Mike also has a two. Which one of you nerds is rolling actual dice? I mean, I've got real dice with me too. Oh, there's there's electronic dice. Yes, I can't, <laughs> I can't find mine. <laughs> Up in the upper, usually the upper left-hand corner, there's a set of tools. Oh. Or you just type slash roll or slash r. Slash r one d six. You can do that too. Uh, although this is, appears to be rigged. Another two. Wow. All right, Jer. I had rolled a four up top. All right. So you guys just had escaped a devastating encounter with a strange psychic entity. And Captain Darcy was uh, overcome by its final attack and is in a medical bod. So my question to each of you is, where are you on the ship, the Raptor, when the next set of alarms start going off? Delta is in sick bay, standing over the, the med pod with Darcy in it, just staring at it. <laughs> okay. You're an android. Are you a human a human form android or are you like Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you look like a person. Uh but but obviously not. Are you like metallic in color or Yeah, let's let's go with uh Oh, copper or is it brass? One of those is like disinfectant. Oh, copper. copper. Copper is. Yeah, he's like copper plated because disinfectant. Sure. <laughs> he's going to get stripped all the time. I mean, you know, we haven't established if the consortium is a post-scarcity society or... <laughs> yeah, I think if we can afford space travel, it's probably post-scarcity to an extent. That's not necessarily true. Have you seen the expanse? <laughs> well, uh, well Larry is in his quarters. Uh, he is composing a, uh, a video message to his life partner, Hot Lips. Julian? Yes. <laughs> so what what does Laurie, what does he look like? Is he a species that can make himself look human? Or is he like uh, in his full-on alien guise? 
Or is he like Star Trek? He's human except for his forehead. And maybe ears. You ever seen Weird Science? A long time ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think I want to be the thing that, that um, Chet gets turned into. <laughs> <laughs> the turd monster? God. Yeah, and you're an envoy? Okay, that's kind of hut-like. That's right. <laughs> okay. But I like it can be humanoid. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> okay. It's a, a blobby sort of. Yeah, but kind of gross. That's going to be his problem. He's, his species as a whole is kind of gross. Okay. Nice. Kind of gross. Oh, and did you decide he is a he? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Jason, does your android uh, have a gender? Um, yeah, sure. Male was okay. sure. Is it going to be a source of irritation? <laughs> yes, because gender is a primitive concept, you meatbags. <laughs> His creators gave it to him and he has to deal with it, but it's such a waste of time. Yep, that is exactly it. These other two have male names. Are they also male? Brendan and Elvis? Yeah, I'm Brendan Fraser. I mean, let's just go with, let's go the whole way. Yes, Literally, and yes, doc, Dr. Elvis identifies as male. Okay. Although, I mean, <clears throat> if there's an opportunity to really do some groundbreaking gender reassignment, I mean, as long as the procedure gets named Skull Crusher. Exactly. <laughs> what is Elvis Skullcrusher QD doing when the alarms go off? Also in the med bay, down behind the med pod, yanking out wires everywhere, splicing this really janky tablet into it, like, like trying to hack in and, and do some advanced diagnostics on Captain Darcy here. Which Delta is isn't stopping you know he's very <laughs> interested in the results and um does skull crusher does he lean towards the medical science or is he like a general jack of all trades scientist i mean he's he's the only one that they had available on crew i mean nobody's really exactly sure i mean you know some days they think he might be a botanist other days they think he may have taught like 10th grade physics okay so does everything a little bit and absolutely nothing well. Okay. Brendan Fraser. I'm on the bridge. What are you doing on the bridge? Good that someone is. I'm staring out the start. I'm staring out the view screen or porthole or whatever, just looking into the distance. So you're not like at a station or anything. You're just like you're you've struck a pose and you're like gazing into space. Uh, yeah, I thought I was pretty clear. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a Riker leading play there or something. You know, someone's got to fill Darcy's role when he's not here. Are we? Are was there? Just, were there just the five of us on the ship? No, no, no. But I just mean like captains generally stand around doing nothing, right? I mean, yeah, it's we, hard to mistake me for that. I'm we are the players. Player. I mean, there is more than just you guys on the ship. There is definitely a handful of ensigns who could likely die tragic deaths. Cool. Yeah. Those are the expendable meat bags. And there's like also like Schrodinger's Garrett. Is Garrett's character on the ship or not? We don't know until we see him. <laughs> That's awesome. So where's um where's Lowry? Oh, in his quarters, right? Yep. All right. Throughout the ship, lights start flashing and they flash through a whole rainbow spectrum of colors. And a siren starts going. And the way that the siren sounds on the raptor, it's like, Ca-ca! Sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, all right. Well, I'm on the bridge, so I'll say, Ensign, give me the good news first. I'm guessing some of those lights mean good news, right? 
three different ensigns spin around and start speaking at you all at the same time. All right. I know you all have important things to say, but let's go one at a time. All right. You, you go first. John. Okay. I want you to make a roll. How many? This is a roll to like test your leadership ability here. Okay. And it's always three. So you are a feelings person, so you have to roll three or higher, but we have to build your dice pool. You do not roll 3d6 all the time. So generally the way it works is if you're going to do something, you roll 1d6, you get an extra d6 if you're prepared, and you get an extra d6 if you're an expert. I will say that you're prepared because you are like, you've been on the deck and you've been watching and you've been in like the position that people expect someone in authority to take. But the question is, are you an expert? And so if you want to get that third die, you're going to have to tell us what is Brendan's like leadership experience or is it all pretend? I do like to ask questions whenever I'm on the bridge. I'm like, I'm always asking like, what's that? <laughs> so like, have you ever led an away party yourself? Yes, I would say that uh, uh, as the intrepid explorer, I don't know, as Jason said, being the player characters, I figured we um, had some sort of rank. So I, I definitely thought I would be, uh, you know, you on the away team pretty frequently, um, exploring things bravely. Okay, so you're going to be allowed to roll three dice, and I want you to choose what your rank is. I guess I'm captain now, aren't I? <laughs> Were you the XO? <laughs> Jeez. Um, or were you like away team leader one? Yeah, I would definitely be, let's see. I'll go with Lieutenant Commander. All right, Lieutenant Commander Frazier, roll your three dice and then we want to know how many are above a two. So two of them are above my number. So you have two things above your number, so you do well, good job. The ensigns all take turns telling you what the problem is. And so uh, for this, I'm going to roll some random things here. I bet you we get a Russian, a foreigner, <laughs> a witch, and a little child. <laughs> oh, I miss Jen's Russian. I can do far more accents. I can do so many more accents now than I used to be able to. Nice. Whoa. Faith and Begora. Okay. The first ensign. We've got Johnson, Swenson, and Smith. <laughs> the first ensign reports that there's alerts coming from the engineering deck that the nasals are becoming separated from the sides of the ship. I don't mean that they're like just like folding down. There's like explosions and like parts of the ship might be going away. So that's what the first the first ensign who is monitoring the engineering station reports. I said good news first. <laughs> Maybe that is the good news. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> This game's starting to sound like 2020, as in the year. And we're just in February. Right. Give it a minute before, before things get real interesting. Okay. The next ensign reports that... Hmm. Okay, so I'm using the Mythic GM emulator. This is what I was rolling on to give me prompts. So the first thing came from rolling separate and power. The next set of prompts is overthrow and death. At this point, one of the ensigns is going to report that the consortium's uh, major enemy, the hive, which is a, a set of creatures that have a sort of hive mind. So whenever you're fighting them, you know, you kill whatever group you're dealing with, but they're all psychically linked to each other. And so whatever information they've gathered, like gets transmitted back to the to rest of them. So that ensign tells you that they're, they're picking up energy signatures associated with the hive. And the last ensign tells you that there's a comm channel coming in 
but it's matched with the captain's encryption. So it's something that's just meant for Darcy. And uh, this poor ensign does not know how to, how to translate it. That was from Rolling Spy Trials. Okay, a um, little bit of background. The consortium foe, the hive, is this a shoot on sight kind of foe or this is a uh, cutthroat negotiations kind of foe? Are you asking what consortium is supposed to do or what the hive tends to do? Well, I'm asking what, when you say that they're our, our main enemy, is this a shoot on sight kind of enemy or is it like about trading rights? It's like US versus China. Ah, I'm going to say it's territorial. There's like X number of inhabitable planets. You all have the same biome necessities. And, uh, you know, whoever gets to a planet first claims it and there's no sharing. And so sometimes there are military scuffles, but the Raptor is a scouting ship. And so gathering information is primarily what the Raptor does. Okay. On a scale of Ferengi to Borg, how overmatched are we by the Hive? I don't really know anything about the Ferengi other than like the first episode of Voyager. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to say this is definitely not a Borg situation. This is not, like, unsurmountable. Mm-hmm. It depends, like, how many they've brought to bear. But definitely, it's not, like, holy crap, it's them flee. If it's just one ship of theirs, you're one ship also. And I, I would say that the the overall state of this galaxy is some sort of detente, but pretty balanced. Okay. Uh, is there any way to, to, to determine if this special uh, encoded com that's coming in for Darcy, is that is just a recording or is it like opening a channel that would be a live conversation? That sounds like something a, a lasery person would be able to figure out. Why doesn't the ensign know? It's his damn job. I'm just the comms ensign, sir. <laughs> I just, I, I read the messages and I repeat them word for word. I guess that's young witch. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's call Lowry up here because if if the hive does show up, we're gonna need to uh, we'll need to start talking right away. So please, Page Lowry, to come to the bridge and computer, tell me where Elvis is. Elvis has left the building. <laughs> All right, scene scene swipes over to Lowry. Okay, the alarm started going off. Did you uh, continue to sit peacefully in your room, or did you start to head somewhere? As soon as he heard the alarm, he would save his work and then slug trail up to the bridge. Okay. So as you're gliding through the hallways, it starts paging throughout the whole ship, asking, uh, would La, La, er, La, La, Re, Larry, 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 sorry, the comms person still doesn't know how to say your name. It's right. Lowry. It's not that hard. Mike Lowry. <laughs> please, please report to the deck. I mean, the main deck, the captain's deck, the bridge, right? The bridge. Yep. <laughs> he, he he hightails it up there. So does up. his tail actually elevate, or is that just a figure of speech? It's a figure of speech, but there's definitely a trail. He secretes when he's nervous or excited. <laughs> or moving. <laughs> <laughs> or moving. Glug, 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 glug. All right. You... Which And he moves pretty fast for someone who doesn't have identifiable feet. So you um, you ooze on into the bridge, and <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Fraser is there looking. Uh, what does Lieutenant Commander Fraser look like? Brendan Fraser. Yes, he looks like Brendan Fraser. Okay. And he pretty much always has his shoulders back, his chin a little elevated. Like young Brendan Fraser or now Brendan Fraser? Oh, oh young, young. Oh, okay. So like the mummy? Yeah, yeah, and completely no, like Brendan Fraser. What's that? 
Not like a mummy, like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, not not like Encino Man. Uh, okay. Or Tarzan. Joe, Joe, Joe the Jungle. Uh, so the ensign announces. Uh, first off, boy, Larry Galbart, uh, present on the bridge as requested, sir. Excellent. Wait, what's your rank? Um, first envoy. I'm part of a exchange program. <laughs> I'm the first machine to ever be part of the consortium Starfleet or whatever it is. Yeah, so I'm 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 a lieutenant, junior grade, like a lowly lieutenant. I'm I'm one step above those ensigns. Gotcha, sir. Okay. What can I do? Uh, well, there have been some developments, uh, but there have been some hive signatures, and I'd like you to be here on the bridge just in case there are any hive ships and they uh, want to open a conversation. I want to get, I mean, I know he's a medical droid, but I want to get Delta and, and Skullcrusher down there to engineering to see what they can do about that. So can somebody page, or I don't know, is, I mean, are we going full on Star Trek here? Computer, uh, what did they say on Star Trek when they would do their- They would just say Fraser to Skullcrusher. Okay, Fraser to Skullcrusher. But this is a this is a low budget, and so it just sounds throughout the whole ship. Nice. <laughs> it's like your high school announce PA announcement I, system. I nothing to do with that. Talk over the comms. <laughs> I swear, Delta can back me up. It's just routine maintenance we're doing on the pod down here. I don't know what those alarms. Never, never, ne never mind the pod. Never mind the pod, Skull Crusher. Doctor, I need. So you said you're in the you're on the medical pod. Great. Get you and Delta, go down to engineering. Um, the nacelles appear to be um, breaking. <laughs> and, and and I'm supposed to do what about this? Go take a look and see if you have any expertise that you can lend to the engineering crew. All right. Just yeah, give me a you minute are. to uh, Delta. The nacelles are breaking up. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, all right, I'm, I'm away. I'm away. I can survive a vacuum. Can you? Uh, yeah. For about three and you know and two tenths of a second. We've got vaccine. I mean, it's something. No, what I'm saying is, I'm not an engineer, and this doesn't concern me as much as you think it does. Hey, I'm I, I'm not the one that asked you to come along. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know what he thinks I'm going to do down there, but you know, as though he's very put upon and nods and simply follows you to wherever it is we're going now. All right, we'll we'll try not to explode. <laughs> All right, so while they're heading down to engineering, we're going to have a scene on the bridge, and then we'll flash over to a scene that's happening at the same time in engineering. So up on the bridge, one of the ensigns uh, reports that the hive signatures, uh, there is a ship in visual, uh, sirs, uh, would you like to uh, perhaps uh, send some sort of uh, ping? <laughs> Maybe a pong? Ensign also in the exchange program. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> you send I, wasn't, I wasn't even listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. They were talking to Laurie. Yes, put on. They they tap the necessary buttons, and uh, there is a staticiness on the the main view screen. It it starts like with the star field, and you can see a hive ship in the distance. But then it uh, flashes on, and you see the bridge of a hive vessel. Matt. Yes. Since you are the one who is talking to hive people first, mm -hmm. uh, what would you like to tell us about what this species looks like? Oh, uh, what the hive looks like? Yeah. I mean, is this like standard ant type people or? 
Yeah, I, I would say like um, if you've ever seen a bug's life. Like in our budget, it's just ants. <laughs> yeah, anthropomorphic <laughs> ants that walk on their hind legs. This is like Doctor Who from the late 70s. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, and kind of like an absurd carapace, like like on their face, like the chitinous faces also have like a weird smile to them that they can't not look like they're smiling, which is really disconcerting to everyone. Okay. So it's like their mandibles are okay. yes. arm off. Yeah. So we as anthropomorphic piles of sludge, uh, we always think they're smiling at us when they're like, we are going to conquer you. <laughs> Okay. Um, so that, so that is a, a diplomatic problem because historically consortium members from Earth especially tend to laugh when relating to the hive, when conducting. Th this might be related to why there is a Machian exchange program going on these days. Yes. So, uh, yes. So they look like ants, but with a ridiculous smile. Let's see. Uh, what else? Do you need background on me? You can fill that in as you go. Oh, okay. When when it comes time for you to make a roll, you might be uh, asked to fill in some background to justify getting extra dice. Okay. I think that's all I got. Okay. So, anthropomorphic ants. That's what they So do. this giant smiley face ant says, and hmm, what sort of horrible voice can I use so that you won't listen <laughs> to any of my words? <laughs> that French accent was good. <laughs> so uh, this ant says, Hello, how how can we help you? Uh, at to me? Yes. And it's like um, uh, feigned innocence. Like, oh, what are you doing in this part of space? That's just a smile on their face. <laughs> <laughs> it's disingenuous. <laughs> Larry kind of puts them on pause for a second and looks over to, to Brendan and says, I didn't think I'd find the smiling as distracting as I'm finding it. <laughs> Do I know about the nacelle? Fire. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah. before that came up, I would have filled them in uh, that we're having some sort of an emergency in, in engineering with the nacelles uh, having some sort of significant malfunction. Your science people haven't gotten there to tell you more information about what's going on, but you definitely know that there is trouble with the nacelles being reported. Are we leaking sparkly stuff into space? Your scientists haven't told you that yet. I can't see out the window. <laughs> Only the front. The There's no windows towards the back. Damn it. It's important to know where you've been so you can figure out where you're going. You could consider mounting a giant rear view mirror. Let's <laughs> just um, cut a hole in the back. Okay, so I, I'll bring them back up on screen and say, yes, this is the CSS Raptor. We're an exploratory ship charting the sector of space. Uh, we're fine. How are you? We are also doing good. So if that's all... We'll just be about our business. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, if you wish to try to uh, elicit information from them, you can. Or read their uh, You can make a roll. It's been so long since I've gamed. I'm like all my instincts about this are totally gone. What was your purpose in wanting to speak with them? Oh, I just wanted to see if they were suffering. Or I, I, I have actually, I have, a, I have a question or two to ask them. Okay. Before they run away. So why don't you make make a roll? The success of this will indicate how uh, how well they're willing to to share information with you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that you're here as an envoy, so you must be some sort of expert, trained in diplomacy at least. Yes. For, with the hive. Yes. And yeah. Other... So, so that's two dice. I don't think you're prepared. Like this went off 
Yeah, fa- fairly soon. Yeah, it wasn't like I knew the situation. So, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yikes. All right. Yeah. I, I rolled two, and I had to roll over my number, right? Yes, your number is... Three. So you have failed. Hardcore. So you still get to ask your questions, and we'll just see how they respond. I'll ask. Uh, so, Hive Ship, have you faced any strange mechanical difficulties in this area of space before? Unexplained. Well, we have detected consortium ships, and we thought surely that was some sort of error of our equipment, because why would consortium ships be in hive space? Uh, just passing through? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, are we in their space? (laughs) Not according to your charts. Oh. Okay, that's that's better. Well, according to our charts, this is neutral territory. We are several parsecs away from any kind of hive-controlled area, according to our well latest information. Perhaps in addition to your mechanical problems, you also have problems with your computer systems, for our charts say that this is hive space. Uh, we will be underway as soon as we effect some repairs to our warp engine. Would you like hive mechanics to come over and assist you? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Thank you for the generous offer. We have the situation well in hand. Our difficulty should be resolved momentarily. We're all fine here now. Thanks. How are you? Meanwhile, in engineering, you guys open the doors to engineering. There's uh, two ensigns there. Uh, One of them has got a fire extinguisher blowing at a console. Uh, The other one turns around and is like, Thank goodness, the Void Crystal Specialist is here. Turn it to Delta and say, you know, I, I, I got a C plus in crystal mechanics. All right, just, we'll just roll with it. Ensign reports. Uh, Delta, you, by the way, are powered by Void Crystals, just like the ship's nacelles are. There we go. There's his book. Uh, I did, since, since I didn't build myself, however... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, report. Right. Uh, well, as you can see, the ensign has the fire almost under control, but, uh, we seem to be lacking a few nasals as they have sort of separated from the ship. And what caused the fire? Oh, uh, well, I tried to super magnetize the hull to suck the nasals back, and it seems it's the console's not really set up for that. Look, I told you I was just prototyping that, and if you were going to run that procedure, I wanted to be there for it. Well, the alarms were going off, and I there was a time. Also, have you figured out why the nacelles came out? <laughs> well... That seems to be a small design flaw. That, I haven't been outside the ship yet, so... Thank goodness you senior officers are here now. So if you were trying to super magnetize the hull, did you try reversing the polarity on that and see if it sucks those nacelles right back? Uh, sir, why don't you show me how? Well, if I must. All right. Show me those big dice of yours. <laughs> Since I'm here, I'm going to go outside and actually look at the nacelles. Okay. Or where they were, apparently. Okay. Clank, 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 clank. So you clank on over to an airlock, or do you just throw open a door and step out? You don't need oxygen. The hell with the meat bags. 
I mean, things things are probably, you know, secured. He finds the door, literally walks out. Okay. Now, Mike, you have insisted repeatedly that you are not actually an expert in anything. Yes. So it's going to be really hard for you to argue in favor of an expert die. I have written down an area that if it comes up, I am expert in, but nobody knows that. Okay. It's not this one. I will let you roll two dice, though, because apparently you did construct this device. You have a four. You have lasers. You want to roll under the four. And that's two under. Okay. So you succeed quite well. You were trying to reverse the polarity to pull the nacelles back using the super magnetization. Yes. You are able to get this device that you modified to do that activity. So we're just going to, we're going to swipe out to the exterior of the ship. So Delta, you're clang, clang. I don't think copper's magnetic, so probably you have boots on just like other, everybody else. Clang, clang. Uh, you get outside the ship at where the nasals are floating, and we'll need you to make a roll to kind of like assess the situation. <laughs> you're not even going to waste time trying to argue for extra dice. <laughs> Well, I made it, so no. All right. I'm not an expert, and I was not prepared. Although I was prepared to actually do this, because that's why I went outside. So I'll roll another one. There is a difference between one success and two successes, so. Right. So you have two successes. So you are not going to suffer any particular harm or complication. That's good. (laughs) So you walk out there, and you see that where the nasals are supposed to be adjoined to the ship, there isn't any sort of tears or like it doesn't look like they were ripped off by any sort of collision type thing. As the nasals are magnetically being drawn close back into the ship again. As I'm standing there right next to where they're supposed to be going. Good thing you didn't end up with uh, having to suffer a harm. You see uh, that in addition to the nacelles coming back in and getting magnetized, you see like a spanner and like some extra lug nuts and like a variety of, I'm gonna to say tool parts and things like that. Could these tool parts have been used to, I don't know, remove a nacelle? Likely. You can gather them if you wish. Man, this is, yeah, I'll grab them. We are low budget enterprise here. If you could remove, if you could remove. The drive section of the ship with hand tools. <laughs> this is, this is, we might be in trouble, fellas. Just saying. But those are metallic tools. Maybe there are some other non-metallic tools. Oh man, that's hilarious. That's awesome. Okay, so Delta Delta comes back into engineering with like an armful. Did, did you lock it down out there, cubic zirconium? I mean, what's going on? Listen, hear me, Beth. This is not my problem. He drops the tools. Someone disassembled a nacelle off of the ship using this, and apparently it looks like it disconnected from the ship. This was deliberate. It was sabotage. All right. Well, let's focus on the good news that my super magnetizer totally works, right? Because those nacelles are back on. All right. And, and, and with that Do said, they work? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it totally worked. Absolutely. Um, th- those are going to stick right on there. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Sticking um, on there and <laughs> and able to move the ship are two different things. I, I got a D plus in warp propulsion. Give me a break. Okay. How did you get this job again? 
I'm my uncle. He knows a guy. Uh, of course, yeah. sure, right? Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Um, all right, so I, I gotta pick up one of these tools. Do these look like human tools or like ant tools? I think you're gonna have to make a roll there. All right. Hey, I know anatomy and stuff. Uh, Delta, if you want to help, for sure, you're allowed to explain how you're helping. And if you roll a success, then Mike will get an extra die. I am an expert in alien physiology because I'm a medical officer. So I'm looking to see if they ergonomically fit humanoid or insectoid. Okay. And and and, and you know you know we could even go further than that there, Big Brain. If you can figure out you know yeah you know, what brand and who sells them and where they come from, that'd be great. So Jason, if you will roll a die and if you get less than five, then you will provide help. Okay. So Mike, you get to roll an extra die. Double laser feelings. Laser feelings. <laughs> there we go. That's what I was looking for. All right. Our first laser feelings of the session. You get to ask a special insight question. Some examples are, what are they really feeling? These hand tools. <laughs> <laughs> Who's behind this? How could I get them to a blank, blank, blank? What should I be on the lookout for? What's really going on here? Or some other question. Alfie, what's it all about? How are the two ensigns reacting to our inspection of the tools? Ah, the, the two ensigns are in awe of their superior officer's ability to maintain composure and come up with brilliant ideas. They do not appear to be concealing anything. Okay. And so what's our diagnosis on whose hand tools these might be, what their source might be? Uh, you now roll your two dice again. You have one success. So that is going to involve a complication or a harm or a cost. So you examine the tools and you determine that they don't really fit human or Machian physiology. They are definitely more hive oriented where the, the grips are on the tools and things like that. But they're also still covered with the larval jelly that a lot of the, the hive technology is based off of, and you have now contaminated yourself with it. It's absorbing into your skin. Oh, jeez, this again? All right. Well, we're going to need to get me to the med bay, and, uh, you know, I mean, Darcy could come out of that med pod, like, any minute, I hope. Well, um, we have more than one. We didn't go with that complication, thankfully. All right, well, we'll stop back off at the med bay and, and see if we can get this taken care of. Skull Crusher to whoever the hell's in charge up there. They echoes throughout the whole entire ship. Dr. Skull Crusher, this is Lieutenant Commander Fraser. Right, uh, right, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, got it. Fraser, yeah. So uh, we, we've, we've, we've got the nacelles at least stable. I'm having a little um, larval problem I'm going to have to stop off and, and take care of. But we found some tools outside. Somebody's uh, doing some renovation unauthorized on the ship. Um, and these things are a little slimy, uh, and they're certainly not meant for human hands. So um, if you detect any hive activity out there, you might want to, like, really turn the screws on them, because I think they're messing with our stuff. Thanks for the excellent report. Are the nacelles functioning again? Um, yes. <laughs> they're, 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 the good news is they're attached to the ship. Um, 
not really sure what happened if you ran it. We might want to send a crew out there to lock a few more things down. Um, yes. But they're at least not floating okay. the other way right now. So we're going to call that a win. We're going to plug stuff in. It's like two or three things. It's no big deal. Oh, yeah. It, it, it'll be fine. It's, <laughs> Multi-ton. Okay. I, I think I had some eggs hatching here. So got to run. But yeah. Yeah. Hands starting to tingle a little bit here. That's fascinating. I've never had a chance to uh, closely observe the interaction between this chemical and uh, human physiology. Are we sure we have to take it off right away? Uh, uh, yeah, Delta, let's go ahead and uh, you can make all the observations you want as you, excellent. As you fix it. Sure, I'll okay. fix it. Well, that's, that's good because I was hungover on biology lab day, so hmm. that was a wash. Terribly interesting. Lay back and we'll get you some sedatives. <laughs> That sounds good. Meanwhile, up on the bridge. Is the high still on the screen? It's up to you whether you like hung up on them or not after they said that the territory was theirs. And they offered to help you fix your stuff and you said that you didn't need help. Right. Yeah. Th the whole thanks, but no thanks. Uh... Yeah. Okay. If you wanted to have left the channel open, that's fine. Can we mute them again? <laughs> like, just. <laughs> Do you like cover your mouths like football coaches while you talk to each other? Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather. Larry, Larry starts talking again, and, and the hive is like the, the mute button. You're you're on you're on mute. <laughs> unmute yourself, hive. Unmute hive. Hive. Unmute. Bottom of the screen. <laughs> I can't hear what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, now I can. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jelly Hands over here. Um, I turn and say, well, obviously the hive is is responsible and. I think we might be walking into a trap right here. If someone has sabotaged our engines in this space, they want us here for a reason. So we should perhaps expedite fixing this so we can. Um, have, how does how does the human say? Um, GTFO. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, I'll go ahead and take care of sending a crew out to finish reattaching the nacelles. Let's actually pull up. Yeah, let's pull up uh, two full crews, one on each nacelle to get this done as quickly as possible. And um, we'll just keep an eye out. Let's, uh, what do the sensors tell us the hive ship is doing? Oh, you're going to use your superior sensors. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to give you an extra die because they're superior. Okay. I think you're probably going to be, let's see, you're the scout type person. So I think that you're probably an expert in this as well. I get four? I think, yes. I think you are rolling four dice. How many of them will be above two, though? Two. Two successes. That means good job. Yay. What is the hive ship doing? That is what you were trying to determine, right? Yes, just taking a look at there. Yeah. Okay. Is it just sitting there? <laughs> no, it is, in fact, uh, little hivelings are, like, redocking. So, clearly... There had been some sort of sortie, and uh, do you have a question? Yeah, I was going to ask uh, if the ship's sensors, while just kind of in passive mode, can they backtrack where those little antlings were, hivelings you call them, where they might have come from, likely flight path? You uh, extrapolate based on their current speed and trajectory, uh, and it seems like they likely could have come from exactly your direction. Sabotage. Uh, there is a, a huge grinning ant still on your screen. Oh, we kept him Kind of up. like looking impatient, but also looking really happy <laughs> in a creepy way. 
I thought we had disconnected. Okay. So uh, I look at Lowry. Uh, well, as I see it, while it may be rather likely that they just did this, we really have enough information to make an accusation. And what do we even get from that? I'm not sure. Do you see any value in pressing this question with them from a diplomatic standpoint? Perhaps calling attention and offering assistance to help gather up their antlings and their tools to let them know we see them. Should we let them know that we get their tools back to them? Simultaneously, it may be prudent to fire up, to prepare to fight. As an envoy, I generally want to avoid such conflicts, but it seems that the hive has pursued an act of sabotage against us, and uh, I'm uh, secreting. <laughs> yes, but the question is, why? Why would they do that to us? Uh, I must find out. Oh, okay. I want to go look look up where we are in space and any interesting points of interest mm -hmm. in the immediate region, like why they either want us to not get there or why they would want us here. Okay. We'll have you make a roll. I'll say you can have two dice for this. You would have like all the information about trees and like the local planets and things like that. So you're, you're prepared for this. Mm -hmm. And your goal is to roll above threes. Yep. One is over three. Okay. So. Unmute. I wanted to see if I could help. <laughs> oh. And I had it on mute. I'm like, ah, I want to do this. Um, you, you can <laughs> tell how you're helping and he can get another die if you succeed. With the, uh, with the depth and the breadth of my exploration experience, I've also got a lot of knowledge about some things that, uh, you know, might be kind of on the second page of all of the system and planetary dossiers. Okay. You can roll, you roll one die, and if it is above a two, then Matt gets another die. All right, Matt gets another die. Damn it, Beavis. All right, you still have one success, though. <sighs> All right, so have I gathered any impertinent information? As near as you can tell, the planets in this area don't seem to have any particular useful... <laughs> I've been playing too much StarCraft. All I can think of, there's no minerals or vespine there. <laughs> We need to build more towers. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're mostly just like planets of, of wildlife and, and stuff like that. Potentially agricultural use, but mm -hmm. the hive doesn't eat the same type of food that humans eat. And so your your opinion is that there isn't anything planet related that is of interest here. And you are wondering whether they were just kind of trying to bluff that it was their space rather than that they have any sort of foothold in the area. To blame. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you had one success, so there is some sort of complication that arises from this. Uh, so it's at that point that uh, you get an alarmed call, and because it's your ship, the call goes out throughout the whole entire ship. The message is the, the nervous ensigns from the engineering bay who are complaining that uh, the senior officers have abandoned them, and uh, that they're being expected to do way too much work down here, that there is no way that they can get nacelles that are lacking void crystals to work. So what's the point of even reattaching everything? Right. You're missing the void crystals. What do we know about high technology? Do they also use void crystals? Is that this galaxy is unleaded? Everybody uses it? <laughs> <laughs> as far as you know, Standard Hive ships do not run on the same sort of technology as uh, standard consortium ships do. 
does this current one, is it an unusual model? Would you need to investigate it in person to find out? Possibly. But it's not a normal thing for them to, to use. Um, I guess I need to cut in to the conversation of the ensigns and engineering. What, what I want to know is, um, well, first, I'd like to end this call with the, with the hive. Yeah, that's a simple click. Yep. So I'm going to hang that up. And then I want to ask the engineers if they can tell whether the void crystals have been lost simply through the disconnection of the nacelles or like were they evacuated into space or is there no indication of the void crystals in the vicinity of the ship, which would mean that perhaps they were in some way harvested, hijacked. Okay. You can make a roll and you can have a die for the sensor suite um, because that you can be asking them this and they can be giving you information, but the ship sensors would be helping to determine some of what you were saying. Okay. That worked. The void crystals, the engines report, have been removed. There was definitely void crystals before the nacelles detracted. The repair crews that are outside that are like rehooking up the pipes and stuff like that, they tell you that there's compartments that were opened and void crystals were taken out. So those dastardly hive the, the dastardly hive, those the, they, the dastardly hive, he, those hives, I don't know, those hivesters, they've they've robbed us. They have stolen the void crystals. So, uh, cut to medical. <laughs> All right, in medical bay, we have Doctor Skullcrusher whose hand has now fully absorbed all the larval tissue gel on the walk back to medical. That was fast. Delta, what what do you wish to do? Take some readings and record it. You seem awfully emotive for a uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a sociopathic droid. That's true. All right. But but I mean, genuinely, he wants to see what's going on. So okay. So he is an expert. Yeah. And he was prepared. I propose I could get three dice out of this. I accept your proposal. Do the do do, do the ship's sensors? Is that also inward? Like for the medical equipment sensors? I don't think so. Darn. But Even I wouldn't go for that one. <laughs> I mean, you've got two successes. So what's going on with this, with this goo? It has gotten absorbed into his system. And it is, you, you determined that it's a neural compound of some sort. So it's not, um, it's not interfering with his muscles or ligaments or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, it has gone into his ner nervous system. Interesting. As you're sitting there, Elvis, let's see what you are feeling. Elvis is about to leave the building. I think Elvis is about to turn into a, turn into a bug. You are feeling a sense of homesickness, Elvis. Like you don't belong around here. This place is strange and uncomfortable. There's just, there's not enough goo <laughs> delta dude you're lay off with the scans you're kind of creeping me out like i i is it dry in here like i feel like there should be more moisture no the medical bay is held at a perfect humidity level here now i'm i'm, I'm gonna crank this thing up a little bit and... don't touch that or anything else for that matter here let me get you a sedative <laughs> Is your sedative uh, a relaxing agent or a knock unconscious agent? Uh, no, I want him to be able to respond to my questions. Okay, so this is like some Xanax or something. Yes. 
All right, all right, all right. Sure. Okay. We'll 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 take a second here. Are you here? Is there a buzzing? Like, are you hearing something? Is the PA system acting up again? No, I'm not detecting any any uh, interference from the PA system. However, if you were hearing something that I am not detecting, that could suggest that you were experiencing auditory hallucinations. Or yeah, but it's not Thursday. That's a little <laughs> unusual. Let's see if I can do a brain scan to see if his brain has developed any new structures that could send or receive telepathic messages. Okay. All right. You are not an expert in that. Sure I am. In telepathy? Scanning for brain structures? No, the types of things that you're trying to scan for are non-typical of humans. How many telepathic races are in Star Trek? They're all over the place. All right, if you want the expert diet, you have to tell us about one such race in our game that you have worked on extensively. Let's call them the... Uh, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll do one better. Uh, they're called Barsoomians, and they actually are natives of Mars uh, that over the years have developed telepathic abilities by... Because I'm going to rip off... Total Recall here, and say that they lived under crappy domes before the terraforming was complete, so they've mutated and developed telepathic abilities. Now, they're used as uh, negotiators and high-level go-betweens for political parties and powerful business interests. All right. Jason has convinced me that he's an expert in this. That's right. He is allowed to roll three dice. Jason was looking to roll under five. And he has two successes. So, Elvis Skullcrusher. He does indeed have some new growths in his, his brain. You actually, the first thing that you notice on the scans is fractures in his, his skull. It is as if his skull is being crushed from the inside. Such that you might call this a, a skull crusher <laughs> syndrome. That's totally what we're calling it now. <laughs> Because his, his brain is getting, has a new sheath, I guess. Uh, there's like another layer of tissue sure. forming that has a lot of similarities to the smallest bit of the larval goo that you were able to scrape off before it was all absorbed. Some of the readings you're getting off are, are similar to what you have observed on Barsimon patients in the past. Interesting. As you're looking at these readings and examining them, Elvis... You are continuing to hear things that are, apparently are not the, the speaker system of the ship. You are hearing sort of hive clicky noises. It's the hive translation of Captain Darcy. So uh, you detect that various hive hivesters are talking about Captain Darcy and how rich they will be. Oh. Dun, dun, dun! <gasps> Freaking Darcy, man. This prick's gonna get us all killed. Who knew that he had a shady past? Oh, almost as if it's a grim reputation. Could be that, yes. Totally. See, just don't tell Delta that that's what's going on, because his first suggestion is going to be... Let's give him Darcy. Give him Darcy. <laughs> what does it matter? Can we get a cut of this? So, I mean, like, I'll tell you, Delta, you know, whatever you you slip me there is yeah, feeling good, but man, I feel like I'm going to have this headache. Not not sure what's that about, but I'm, I'm hearing some chatter. I think these things are in my head, 
and they're talking about the captain. Fascinating. Here, let's let's transcribe. And so he starts taking notes. So I don't know if this is two-way communication or not, but if it is, you know, we totally take advantage of that. Like I could get on the horn here and impersonate the captain. And actually when this alert happened, I was trying to patch into that med pod to see if we could communicate with the captain early. I wonder if we could use that to try to get a firewall in here so that I can keep a line of communication open because honestly, I mean, this hurts like hell, but it's pretty nifty. I'd be um, happy to implant any hardware into your skull that you would like. <laughs> excellent, a a excellent. We're gonna we're gonna call this uh, the the skull crusher procedure, right? We'll go with that. Oh, no, it's the Delta procedure, but it is the skull crusher syndrome. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. O okay. Well, just just make sure you document the hell out of this. I mean, like. I'm the, recording the as we speak. Perfect. All right. Great. So yeah, I'd I'd say let's see if we can get me hooked in. Put a yeah, put a little bit of a firewall in here so that. They're not reading my every thought because uh, I'll tell you, we're all screwed if that's the case. And I should be able to assist here, I would think. Yes, he'll, he'll keep you conscious for the procedure so that you can say, you know, like... <laughs> no, that hurts! <laughs> <laughs> you are able to help with a successful roll there. So this is a brand new procedure. So I think with Mike's help there, you are rolling three dice. Okay. Because you are not prepared for this, and like this is a completely new thing. Right. But you are an expert in the medical field. All right. Your goal is to roll less than five. Ah, you have laser feelings. That's right. So, do you have a insightful question that you want to ask? Insightful question. Who's behind this? What are they really feeling? What's really going on here? What should I be on the lookout for? What did Darcy do? What did Darcy do? What did Darcy do to the bugs? Ah, what did Darcy do to the bugs? Darcy planted a spy among them. And I, I will say, uh, the, the way essentially that the Delta discerns this is this whole discussion of Darcy and the bugs and everything uh, reminds Delta that, oh, there was some sort of encrypted incoming transmission for the captain that we have done nothing about. <laughs> Delta kind of pulls that up and, and determines that it's it, it was transmitted from, from the Hive ships. Um, Darcy had planted somebody with the Hive. Darcy is looking to make more money than his captain's salary. So he was looking to get the bugs involved and avoid crystal harvesting scheme. Mm. However... The bugs uh, decided, oh, this ship has void crystals. We'll just take them from here and we'll be able to find a market. But there is the plant. Darcy has a spy among them. And that spy was trying to get information to Darcy. So essentially, while you are working on Skullcrusher here and you have like a portal to Skullcrusher's brain open on one screen and some access to some sort of bugginess through him, you're able to like work out the encryption on the message from the spy. There's literally like long metal probes that look like barbecue forks stuck in his hand. <laughs> yeah, and you're like you're like hooking them up to, to what he was doing earlier to the pod. Yeah. Oh totally. So there's like the captain's brain waves are on one screen. So you get like tapped into his memory of like, oh we can make a fortune. I'll get these bugs to like raid various void crystal places and then I'll sell them back at like Right. We'll make a mint. 
Yes. So that is that is Darcy's elaborate scheme, get rich quick scheme. That it seems like not all the bugs fully understood as they were like, oh, we'll just take void crystals from here. Right. And like, no, not that. The spy was trying to communicate to Darcy, uh, there's a problem with your plan. Small <laughs> detail. I'm sure it'll be fine, but you might want The hive might not actually need you. <laughs> you idiot. Uh. So we're going to end on that note. Oh, you know what? We should make Garrett beat Darcy. <laughs> we should wake him up. I was thinking Garrett could be the spy, but Garrett being Darcy is also like totally legit. I'm cool with either of those. Either of those is hilarious. Yes. I just want to know how this spy works. I mean, is he there in a, a bug suit? Bug what? suit with a big bottle head? And <laughs> no, no, no. no. Got googly eyes on you. It's a sexy bug suit. Uh, you don't want to draw that kind of attention to yourself when you're behind enemy lines. Though. You're deep you're like Boo and Monsters Inc. or something. He's 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 the Matahari over there. <laughs> or he's a bug. If Garrett plays the spy, then he's the one who's going to have to explain how it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So we will pick this up again next week. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Works. It's fun playing with you guys again. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. Nice to see you guys. For <laughs> sure. listening to Voyages of the Starship Raptor, set in a mockery of the Star Trek universe, and played using John Harper's Lasers and Feelings. Our players were Matt, Jer, Jason, and Mike, and our GM was Jen, aided by the mythic GM emulator. For this and other adventures, check out our website, daisystories.com. Our music comes from Purple Planet Music. Visit them at purple-planet.com. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories, reminding you, it's okay to use electronic dice.